Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop, where every other week or so we get some fruit that's basically unpalatable, steep it in alcohol for a year, and then drink what's left. Yes, that's right. Only this time around, we've had someone else do it for us. Today, though, we will be talking about Umeshu. Mm. New drink for us. I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. In front of us, we have the dark, syrupy-looking uh, beverage called Kokuto uh, Umeshu uh, from Choya, the Choya brand. Yes. Now, uh, importantly, Choya are one of the largest manufacturers of Umeshu. Though, while the company itself has existed since 1914, they've actually only been making Umeshu for not nearly as long, since 1959. Mm. Which is about when most of the most of the big-name brands started producing it. But it is a drink that's been around for thousands of years. Well, yes, and it's a drink that's easy to make at home, which I think is why it took so long for big companies to start making it themselves because everybody just made their own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to this day in Japan, it remains entirely legal despite there being some very strict laws about steeping your own alcohol. It remains legal to make your own umeshu. Mm. Well, it, it fits neatly in the uh, it, within the laws that have been put down. Yeah, and even a restaurant can produce their own umeshu and then sell it. Really? Yes. Hmm. There you go. Yeah, I mean, part part of the way to get around the rules involved with alcohol production and sale is that it has to have been made steeped in an alcohol that has already had tax paid on it. Hmm. That that'd be why it uh, it fits. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not well, you're not paying, you're not uh, fermenting it again. It's already fermented. Yeah, it's already done, and that's fair enough. And it also apparently can't increase in alcohol by too much. So the amount of sugar they are allowed to add has to be very specific mm. to be sure it doesn't produce too much extra alcohol during the process. Indeed. So I guess we should talk about what Umeshu is yeah. and we, we sort of how went, it's we, made, because we, we skipped right past that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I suppose, I suppose I'll start. Uh, Umeshu is a... Well, it, direct, directly translates, it directly translates as plum wine. And while the name sounds good, it's not exactly right. Uh, it is... It's more like a, a fruit brandy than than a wine. Yeah, it's not really a wine by traditional wine standards mm. because it's made by steeping a fruit in an alcohol, which is definitely not the way wine's produced. No. Uh, so, ume is from the umeshu, 
from the word umeshu. It refers to the uh, Chinese plum or Japanese apricot or the, what is it? Or the prunus mume. It's a type of tree that is, uh, that's native to that area. Yeah, and so the drink itself is produced by steeping ume plums, which must be unripe and green. So inedible, basically. Mm. So freshly off the tree that they are totally inedible and steeping them in liquor. Yeah. And a lot of sugar. Um, it's... And a lot of sugar because this is quite a sweet uh, liqueur or wine. It's not a wine. Yeah, I mean, depending on how sweet you want it, you can literally do a kilo for kilo fruit to sugar ratio. Bloody hell. Yeah, it's... Uh, wow. Yeah, they, they add the... I don't, I don't know if I want to add that much sugar to it. Because, um, yeah, the, the traditional recipe calls for a kilo of the ume plums, mm. 500 grams to a kilo of sugar, I guess depending how sweet you want it, and 1.8 litres of shochu. Now, that's for the mm. traditional ume. And, of course, shochu, we've done an episode on previously, is a, time ago a clear rice-based Japanese spirit. Mm. Uh, but they... A lot of companies nowadays are using brandy. And uh, I believe Choi is also using cognac specifically for a particular upmarket brand, upmarket uh, bottle. Yeah, there's there's a lot of variety in types now mm. for mm. for your umeshu. And they're getting that not by changing the fruit because you can't. It's not umeshu if it's not made with ume plums. Yeah. But by changing what they steep it in. Mm. And naturally how much sugar is put in there for how sweet it ends up being. Yeah. Well, this one that we have in front of us is using dark rum and uh, cane spirit instead of brandy or whiskey. Yeah. And as you can see in the pictures, it's quite dark. Mm. And what you can't see in the pictures is that it's a little bit syrupy. Yeah. And we haven't chilled this. No. I'm excited, though. I think we need to taste it before the ice melts too much. Yes, I agree. Uh, so, what does it smell like? Oh. Whoa. It smells very sweet, but this one is supposed to be very yeah. sweet. And it smells like dark rum. Yeah, surprisingly it does. Like very, very strong dark rum. And and you, you definitely got the sugar in there. I don't really smell... Much plummy flavours. I think it's very subtle. I'm sure once we taste it, we'll recognise what it's supposed, what that smell is that we're picking up. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. Yeah, but I do smell fruit in there. But, you know, I've never had this before, so I'm just guessing. Yeah. So, shall we taste? Definitely. Kampai. Cheers. Japanese. Mm. Wow. Oh. It does not taste the way it smells. No. That's... Mm. It's... It tastes kind of like prunes. It's sweet, but not overly so. 
Yeah. Very and refreshing. Very refreshing, very fruity. Yeah. And yeah, it tastes significantly less like dark rum than I thought it would f- than I thought it would from its smell and appearance. F- yeah, same. You can barely taste the rum at all. Can you can barely taste the rum at all compared to the um, compared to the fruit flavor. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, umeshu plums are a very different kind of fruit to anything we've ever had before. Mm. So it's it's a it's a fruit flavor that I can't put my finger on, and I'm guessing that's umeshu plums. That that's delicious. I really like this. Yeah, this stuff is amazing. It's no wonder it's a staple. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's sweet, but not too sweet. Mm. And it's a little tart, but only very slightly. Oh, yeah, only very slightly. Um, it It's quite refreshing, too. Um, I could see you getting very drunk on this when you, ha- when you have uh, good... good uh, uh, really, like really good Japanese food. Yeah, the, it would take a lot of it. This stuff is only fifteen percent. Yeah, but how how easy do you get drunk off wine? Oh well, it takes a bottle, but then it would <laughs> yeah. take a bottle of this as well. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Yeah, there's eight and a half standards in the bottle, mm. which is just a strong wine. Yeah, it's it's fifteen percent. Um, was this expensive? So it's uh, forty-two bucks. That's not cheap, but well, not expensive. But that's uh, yeah. So it it is expensive for a wine, though it's not expensive for what it actually is, which is a liqueur. Mm. I suppose it's a weak liqueur, if you want to go that route. Yeah, though it's cause it's forty-two for the bottle, but it is an import. Yeah, and though the amount of alcohol is low, it still would have suffered. Australian import tax mm. that all imported alcohols cop. But definitely lower than, say, shochu. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it is basically like a brandy. Mm. No, it doesn't taste anything like a brandy. No, but I'm talking about, like, you know, production-wise, consistency-wise... Oh, like like a apricot, like a fruit brandy. Yeah, yep, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't sure what you meant for a moment there. It's been a very long day. Yes, it's yeah. In in that way, it's like a fruit brandy. Yeah, that it's it's something steeped in something else. Mm. And I suppose you could liken it to uh, a herbal liqueur where they've j- just used plums instead of herbs. Yeah. Well, and something to keep in mind, and while we may not find them here, and we probably wouldn't because this is Australia, in other countries you might, (laughs) there are umeshu makers who leave a plum in the bottle. Oh, I have seen one of those in Australia. Oh, very good. I suppose there's alcohol all around it. What's the problem? What's going to come in with it? Yeah. And um, apparently that plum is delicious. I, I would believe that. I would 100% believe that. And that you, know, you pour out the bottle and then just casually numb on the plum as you, <laughs> as you drink it. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is really good. Um, we, we've had some, 
pretty ordinary stuff lately, and I'm really glad that we've had something that's actually nice. And smelling it just before drinking it is so off-putting because it smells so different to how it tastes. Yeah, it smells so rummy, and then it's not. Yeah, and though, I mean, obviously that does alter how you taste it slightly because the sense of taste and sense of smell are interconnected. Mm. But my word, does it not taste anything like rum? And it makes me curious what the standard shochu-based umeshu tastes like. Mm. I'm trying to find more history, but there's just... There's not much, or there doesn't seem to be much out there, aside from... Uh, they've been making it for a very long time and it's got plums in it. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's existed for ages and like there are old Japanese scrolls about it. It's been around so freaking long, Mm. but there's no story. There's no, this is how it came to be or this person miraculously stumbled upon this recipe. It's just, yeah, everyone knows how to make that. Mm. We've been making it forever. Yeah. So, I suppose let's get into what ume is, what an ume is. It's definitely not a plum. Um, it, it is in the same group of, uh, of flora, I suppose, but, um, very, but they have very different characteristics. So, ume has an acid content of 4 to 5% compared to 1% to 2% of a plum. Uh, and as the ume fruit ripens, the level of citrus acid, citric acid in the fruit overtakes that of any other organic acids in in there. Uh, yeah, it's it's the kind of it's weird. It's a fruit that gets less palatable as it ripens. Yeah, that that is very strange, and it's supposed to be like I guess they they call it a plum, though it isn't. Yeah. It, and I'm looking at a picture of it right now, and it, uh, and it looks like a green apricot. Well, that that makes sense then. Yeah, it it makes sense then that it might be referred to as a plum. Yeah. Well, they call it a Japanese apricot as well. Yeah. Mm. So the earliest written records that have been found of umeshu and ume is in about 1750 uh, CE. Where the, uh, in the famous Man- Manyoshu, Jap- Japan's oldest collection of waka poems, the visually appealing ume blossoms are incorporated into 118 poems, compared to 42 for cherry blossoms. Hmm. There you go. Yeah, interesting stuff. And in nineteen in 960 CE, it said that. Emperor Murakami recovered from his illness by drinking a special tea blend made with umeboshi and kombu. So, that- yeah, now umeboshi, of course, is the fruit of that particular tree, sun dried and made to look like a prune. Hmm. And so, I guess it wouldn't have been as juicy as using the fresh fruit picked straight from the tree, but. It's a start. Yeah. 
And, oh, here we go. In uh, 1697, the term Umeshu appears for the first time in the Honcho Shokan book of Japanese cuisine. Ume is described as a medicinal agent that stops the accumulation of phlegm, relieves parched and sore throat, improves the appetite, among other things. Well, I could sort of see this having those medicinal properties back in the 1600s. Yeah. Well, it, it's there's a lot of acid in this drink, um, like a like a wine. Yeah. Uh, it could definitely clear out phlegm. Oh, your, without a doubt, yeah. yeah. And if you drank enough of it, you'd feel better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <coughs> um, so, so what do you think about it? Well, I'm a fan. I think as far as uh, bottle cap ratings go, I'm going to rate this one an eight and a half. Mm. Okay. Because it's... It's hitting all the right notes for me. Like, it's sweet, but not too sweet. Right. Tart, but just a tiny bit. The flavors are very pleasant. It's refreshing. It's easy to drink. It's got complexity to it. But? But nothing gets a 10. (laughs) But that's an eight and a half. It's an eight and a half, yes. (laughs) Well, I've got to figure that the traditional shochu-based umeshu is better than this. So I've got to leave that window. Mm. And I'd definitely be interested in giving that a whirl, giving it a try. This, like, this version is really nice. Um, I suppose it tastes more more sticky, more caramelly mm. than I would have expected. But that would be, I would say that's from the the, the, the black sugar and the, the dark rum. Oh, without a doubt. Used. Yeah. Very, very nice. I'd give this a nine. Um, well, it's, it's pretty much in keeping with what we always do. I always rate things a half point yeah. below what you rate. You're more critical than I usually. am. Yeah, usually, you're, yes. You're more critical than I am. Um, for me, it loses points purely on the fact that it seems pricey for what it is. And it's not easy to get. Yeah, though I dare say that in Japan, it's cheapest chips. And everywhere. And everywhere, mm. yeah. And quite probably in America as well, realistically. Yeah, yeah, there's probably quite a few Japanese uh, expats there, or um, even just uh, J- Japanese residents. Yes, without a doubt. Now, I guess we should briefly talk about the many ways you can consume Umeshu. Mm-hmm. Because we are currently drinking it on the rocks, but that's just one of them. One of many. You can also chill it and drink it neat, which they, they do recommend that if you're drinking it neat, you drink it chilled. Yeah. Now, that does have me curious what it tastes like warm. But on the rocks, it's nicely chilled and very pleasant. And it doesn't taste as though there's any flavors that have been dulled down to the point of missing them, mm. which does sometimes happen when you chill something that's got complexity to it. Mm. I think given that this is so syrupy, uh, watering it down slightly unlocks extra flavours that would be hidden with it being too concentrated. Potentially. And I suppose that brings us to the ways that you can drink it that involve mizu or water. 
which is that um, naturally you can mix it with water. Mm. You can mix it with soda water too. Yeah. So if you don't want it so strong, they call it Mizuari style, meaning it's blended with chilled water. And it can also be mixed with green tea to have it Ochawari. Or with hot water, Oyuwari. Which is apparently very popular during the winter to warm the body when it's cold. Hmm. There you go. And yes, you can also have it sparkling mixed with soda water or mineral water. Hmm. Uh, it, it pairs with a lot of very good food and what you pair it with... Oh, how you drink it. What you pair it with depends on how you're going to drink it. Uh, so, if you're having it straight, the um, obviously the flavors are highly concentrated. So, you'd pair it with strong flavored food. Uh, ebi chiri, shrimps and chili sauce. Uh, mapo tofu or kakuni, braised pork belly. Um, they're apparently really good choices. If you're drinking it on the rocks, it's... Uh, you'd, have it with like snack food, things like cheese, nuts, potato chips, uh, smoked cheese, and a meshu apparently go really good together. Uh, Mizuari, uh, diluting it with water, like you said, uh, the flavor becomes milder, obviously. So, pairing it with things like uh, hiyako tofu, uh, Caesar salad, or um, light flavored chicken dishes. They all work well. Yeah, and uh, apparently even soda water changes it up to pair better with deep-fried and stir-fried foods mm. because that tones down the feeling of oiliness you get in your mouth from eating them. So oh, I could definitely see that. So it works with foods like chips, fried cheese, or karage chicken. <laughs> fried cheese. <laughs> Here's something that's fatty and let's add more fat to it. Well, surely you've seen deep-fried hamburgers. Yeah. Where you take a whole hamburger and then just drop that bitch in a deep-fryer. Oh, my God. And I have had a deep-fried Mars bar. They're delicious. It was fantastic. Yeah, deep-fried ice cream, also good, but we're we're digressing heavily here. Definitely. Though I would expect, though, because I know that when chilled sufficiently, as you would anticipate from other things we've said about what happens when you make an alcohol cold enough, umeshu becomes syrupy enough to use it as a syrup on desserts. Mm. And I would expect this would work very well as a syrup poured over the top of deep fried ice cream. Yep. Yep. I'd be down for that. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if they have it at um, Japanese restaurants. Well, worth knowing. Or Chinese restaurants. Worth asking the question. Yeah. I mean, especially... If you could get it as a syrup over the top of not just a deep fried ice cream, but a deep fried green tea ice cream. Because then you've got that bitterness of the green tea mixed with the sweetness from the batter, plus the sweetness and slight tartness Mm. from the umeshu syrup. Ah. You're making me drool, Mickle. Stop. Yeah. It's got my (laughs) mouth watering. I, I want to find a place that does this. Yeah. Maybe we just have to bring a bottle of Ameshu with us and say, hey, remember this stuff? <laughs> but 
if it's as popular as they say it is in Japan, I would say they definitely have a bottle for the Japanese uh, customers. Oh, surely. Surely. I'm, I'm going to have to keep an eye out for it next time I'm in a Japanese restaurant. Yeah. I mean, if it's a Japanese restaurant worth its salt, it'll have stuff for the actual Japanese people eating there as opposed to us uh, uncouth Westerners. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, that's a, that's I haven't a, got anything else. No, that's, that's about it. Yeah. So, if you liked what you heard, everybody, be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. We are a good drop all, all about alcohol on your favorite podcast app, including Podbean, Apple Podcasts, uh, YouTube Podcasts, oh, I think it's YouTube Music, um, Stitcher, Spotify, and many more. You can also find us on the social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram, as a good drop podcast. We also have a good old-fashioned website where you can check out our massive library of previous episodes. We are epi- up to episode 158, so we've we've got a we've got a few episodes to yeah, listen to. De- decent backlog. You mm. could uh, you could take some time there. Yeah, enjoy yourself. Pick and choose which ones you want to listen to if you want. Our website, our web address is a agooddrop.com.au, and if you've got any comments, questions, uh, feedback or suggestions for future episodes, or if you've got a favourite Umeshu uh, brand or style, let us know. Our email address is agooddrop at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in next time when we talk about when, since we know it's the time of desserts, we are talking about alcoholic desserts. Mm. And alcohol used in desserts and various desserts that can be made with alcohol. and Because that's our thing. Yeah. Bruce. Desserts. Yes. <laughs> Desserts. Yes, Bruce. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. We'll have to cook up a few things. It's going to be good. Mm. Until then, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>